Hi, everyone, and welcome to Jesus Takes the Real, your go-to podcast for all things Jesus and film. My name's Cassandra, and I'm your host today as we compare and discuss three different resurrection narratives from some Jesus films which I have watched recently. So if you're like me, you've watched or studied many Jesus films, and you know that there aren't many plot twists, they are relatively predictable, and most all Jesus films end in Jesus' resurrection. But something that always keeps me waiting in anticipation, sort of on the edge of my seat after Jesus is crucified and dies, is this curiosity as to how the filmmakers choose to depict Jesus' resurrection, this super seminal moment important for Christianity and civilization in general. Resurrection scenes are also typically the final scenes in Jesus' films, and therefore they are the last scenes where the filmmaker has an opportunity to send the audience off with a certain message or theme, big takeaway, from the film. This is definitely the case in Mel Gibson's 2004 film, The Passion of the Christ, the first film that we'll examine today. If you know anything about Jesus films, you've probably heard about The Passion of the Christ. It is a super controversial movie. It focuses on the final 12 hours of Jesus' life before his death, The Passion, inspired by a trope from medieval times of passion plays. Starring Jim Cavazil as Jesus, this film is known for being excessively violent and being very bloody and gory and showing Jesus's suffering. It is also pretty infamously remembered as having many uh, hints of anti-Semitism, blaming the Jews for Jesus's death. Another pretty unique feature of the Passion of the Christ is that it is in the language Aramaic, the language which Jesus would have spoken, and it is subtitled in English. So the Passion of the Christ runs for an hour and 54 minutes, and for about an hour and 52 and a half of those minutes, it is super violent, super gory, very intense, for which it has attracted much controversy. And this leaves less than a minute for the resurrection. So the resurrection is the very final scene of the film. It happens very abruptly after Jesus' death, and it is super quick. This is a unique feature of the Passion of the Christ. Typically, resurrection scenes are not very long, but this one is extremely abbreviated. And it's actually the abruptness of this resurrection scene that inspired me to choose this topic for my podcast. So recently, I was talking with a friend who is Jewish and not raised in Christian tradition, not very familiar with Jesus films or the genre in general or Christianity or church. And this friend from Duke has a boyfriend who is very devoutly Christian. And every year, uh, her boyfriend and his family watch The Passion of the Christ for Easter. This year, due to coronavirus, her boyfriend could not go visit his family to celebrate Easter. So being the good girlfriend she is, she volunteered to help him cook a traditional Easter meal and watch The Passion of the Christ. And I had also recently watched Gibson's The Passion of the Christ uh, for my Jesus in Film class with Professor Goodacre, so we were chatting about it, and she remarked that her boyfriend kept telling her, there's a happy ending, I promise there's a happy ending. My friend hates violent films, so she was sort of hiding under the covers while they were watching it. 
described it as a miserable experience and she just couldn't wrap her head around what her boyfriend meant by there being a happy ending because as she said you know he comes out of the grave super quickly at the end but there was almost not even a sense of a resurrection for her because it was all so abrupt and i thought that this was really interesting compared to my own takeaway from the film which was beauty and the simplicity of this resurrection scene so what actually happens in this resurrection scene well we see the uh sort of door to the tomb which is a stone uh is moved away and sunlight starts to enter through and then the camera pans and inside uh the tomb there is a very light and airy white garment presumed to have been what jesus was wearing uh, sort of lying there on the ground of the tomb And then the camera pans over to Jesus, who closes his eyes, opens them, looks out at the sunlight, very apparent that he is alive, and he stands up, and the audience sees the stigmata, or the open holes and wounds in his hands, where he had been nailed to the cross, um, an indication that this is the same Jesus who had just endured a very brutal um, hour and 50 plus minutes worth of uh, terrible suffering on the cross who has overcome that suffering and resurrected. And Jesus stands up to leave the tomb, but uh, the film ends before we actually see him leaving the tomb or interacting with anyone outside of the tomb. This is simply not enough for many viewers who do not believe that the resurrection is depicted in this film as the true great triumph that it is over the extreme suffering that was depicted throughout the majority of Gibson's cinematic piece. Um, For example, to paraphrase New Testament scholar Christer Stendhal, the movie champions suffering and death instead of the celebration of life which the easter story should be this was not the effect which this scene had on me i actually really enjoyed it and i want to borrow from some language from professor goodacre in defending the resurrection scene in the passion of the christ dr goodacre compares it to the ending of mark's gospel the original ending so mark 16 8 uh, where mary and mary magdalene and those who arrive at the tomb Uh, are told that Jesus has resurrected and they run away terrified and this ending is so mysterious and unsatisfactory that um, many versions actually add on uh, an ending to Mark's gospel but it leaves readers with this feeling of uh, you want to know what happened next and I think that this is the same trope that Gibson is going for at the end of his film uh almost that he doesn't feel like he has the license or authority as you know a filmmaker to truly depict the joy of jesus's resurrection so he cuts it off before he treads on that territory this would also make sense knowing gibson as a very devout catholic he would have been very aware of this um and also very aware of sort of the sense of divine mystery which i think is really at the heart of how the resurrection scene is portrayed uh he almost doesn't try to leave his audience off with a solution or you know to tie together the film but rather with this sense of you know the resurrection is this great new beginning and what does that mean that's not for him to tell his viewers but rather for them to figure out for themselves 
You should definitely watch the scene for yourself if you get a moment, but I do want to play some audio so that you can get a sense of uh, Gibson's resurrection scene. There isn't any dialogue because as I referenced previously, Jesus doesn't leave the tomb or talk to anyone, which may actually serve to solve a major cliche in the Jesus film genre, and we will discuss that in a few short moments. But uh, the musical aspect of the resurrection scene i find really beautiful and i think it really hammers in the message which gibson is attempting to end his film on so here we go so this audio segment begins right before the camera pans to jesus At this point, we see Jesus opening his eyes. He's on camera. So I just love that musical crescendo and the idea that there's this anticipation and excitement, um, but also lightness and airiness around the resurrection. Let's shift gears to another film which shows a resurrection almost completely different from The Passion of the Christ. And this is not actually one film, but rather a TV serial, The Passion. Perhaps the resurrection scene in The Passion is so different from Gibson's The Passion of the Christ because The Passion itself was a direct response to issues that many saw with The Passion of the Christ, particularly Jesus's extensive suffering, which uh, can bring up the debate about whether Jesus has any divinity, which was definitely an issue that many people saw with The Passion of the Christ. Sort of as an alternative to The Passion of the Christ, The Passion was written by Frank D.C. and has a different take on uh, depicting Jesus's divinity and humanity, which is a constant problem that producers and writers for Jesus films have to grapple with and face. Similar to The Passion of the Christ, The Passion focuses on Jesus's later moments, but The Passion does have a slightly broader scope, focusing on the week leading up to Jesus's death and resurrection, as opposed to the narrow focus of The Passion of the Christ, which is Jesus's passion on the cross and his suffering in just the scope of a few hours. Aside from the fact that the Passion barely shows Jesus suffering on the cross, and this is the entire plot of the Passion of the Christ, perhaps the biggest difference between the two films is how they depict the resurrection. And I really appreciate how in the Passion, the resurrection is not just, you know, a quick note that the film ends on. Instead, it is a segment on the film. And this film really explores what Jesus did after he was resurrected and how the people around him reacted with and grappled with that resurrection, which is a rare trope in a lot of Jesus films. We just see Jesus resurrect, and then sometimes the people who see him, Mary, Mary Magdalene, sometimes the disciples, sort of have these reactions of awe and greatness. But very few filmmakers really explore how Jesus reveals himself when he resurrects on the third day. So the first event of the resurrection is that Jesus' body is discovered to be missing from the tomb. So the classic trope of the tomb is empty. And upon discovering this, the temple guards sort of freak out, run to report the news. And Mary Magdalene is visibly just horribly upset. She starts crying. And John is also there. And he attempts to get Mary Magdalene to follow him. But she physically refuses 
and stays at the tomb and starts throwing rocks and is very unsettled by these events. Um, It is also important to note that throughout the Passion, female characters, specifically Mary and Mary Magdalene, play a large role. And the writer, DC, was very attuned to incorporating Mary Magdalene into the film as sort of one of Jesus's disciples. At this point, Mary Magdalene is alone at the empty tomb and a man approaches her. Uh, Mary Magdalene asks this man if he knows where Jesus is, if he has taken him. And to be clear, the audience sees this man's face and it is not someone who has been featured in the film before. This man ends up saying, why are you looking for the dead among the living? Sort of the revelation that this is the resurrected Jesus. And Mary Magdalene at that exact moment realizes it. The audience sort of experiences the same thing that Mary Magdalene experiences, which is that they are not sure before Mary Magdalene kind of confirms it and this man says this classic line so in most of the jesus films i've watched when jesus is resurrected his face is sort of obstructed by light or there are some interesting camera angles used to show how mary magdalene might not have been sure that uh the resurrected man was jesus however this film takes a totally controversial take on that trope and just completely choosing a different actor and this is controversial because it could certainly be interpreted to indicate that jesus was somehow a different person when he was resurrected or that this was maybe even a different messenger just simply not the same jesus who had just died on the cross Mary Magdalene then goes and announces what she has seen to the disciples, and they are very doubtful. They even wonder why Jesus would have revealed himself to a woman, and they use the fact that the resurrected man did not look exactly like Jesus to support the idea that, you know, maybe Jesus's body was simply stolen. He was not resurrected, so I'll let Mary Magdalene explain it to you for herself. He didn't even look like Jesus. She said so. It wasn't him, but it was. Mary is ultimately vindicated when the Apostle John happens to encounter the resurrected Jesus, who he still does not recognize because he is played by a different actor, and John invites Jesus over to uh, have a meal at his brother's home, and while they're having this meal, there is intense symmetry uh, with the Last Supper, and Jesus is breaking bread and saying, this is my body, this is my blood, and at this moment, John realizes that this resurrected man is Jesus. And the audience at this point is 100% certain that this is Jesus because as Jesus reaches out the wine that he's offering as his blood in the chalice, the camera transitions from the chalice back to Jesus's face and we see, and we see Malawi, our original Jesus. At this point, we come to probably my favorite scene in this series, which is when John goes to report to the rest of the disciples and Mary Magdalene that he has seen the resurrected Jesus and they were very doubtful, and a voice in the corner asked them why they are so doubtful, and we sort of first see the camera focusing in awe, and one even questions, is this a trick of the light? They truly cannot believe what's in front of them, and then we see our original Jesus, so no longer do we have the second actor, uh, just sort of standing there in the corner, smiling, looking out on his disciples, This moment for me is really impactful and significant because it shows that Jesus has sort of forgiven them for their doubt and he realizes that this is their human error and it is also full confirmation that Jesus has resurrected. 
The resurrection scene in the Passion elicits a very different kind of emotion from the scene in the Passion of the Christ. I really enjoyed watching both of these resurrection scenes, and I think that the scene in the Passion sort of is a little bit more light and airy and more of a fun Easter watch, whereas the resurrection scene in The Passion of the Christ is very spiritual and intense and really makes more sense within a faith context. Finally, I'd like to contrast these two resurrection scenes with another resurrection scene, which I really don't find emotional at all, and that is the resurrection scene in the 2018 film Mary Magdalene. As the title implies, Mary Magdalene is not a Jesus film in the same way that The Passion or The Passion of the Christ are Jesus films. It is about Mary Magdalene, but mostly about her uh, relationship with Jesus. This is not to say her romantic relationship. That is not really something that takes root in the film, but more her friendship with Jesus and her role as someone that Jesus saved and as one of Jesus's followers and apostles. It stars Rooney Mara as Mary Magdalene and Joaquin Phoenix as Jesus, and interestingly, these two actors are married in real life. Mary Magdalene, the film, avoids a lot of conflict and issues which occur with filming a resurrection scene by almost glossing over this scene, making it very simple and leaving a lot up to interpretation. Very different from the previous two films we have just discussed. However, there is some similarities between the Mary Magdalene resurrection scene and the BBC HBO The Passion crucifixion scene because in The Passion, the crucifixion, very, very differently from The Passion of the Christ, is just glossed over. We know it's happening, but it's very quick and there's not a lot of emphasis on it. So in Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene is sleeping at the tomb and the camera focuses on her face and a voice wakes her up saying Mary and she opens up her eyes and then the camera pans very far back and we see from a distance Jesus and Mary Magdalene talking but we don't really gain any insight into this conversation, we just know it's happening. I think that this has made it a lot less confusing if the audience is familiar with the Jesus story or has watched previous Jesus films, otherwise I would be slightly lost, but I do think that this is a problem that's consistent throughout Mary Magdalene. After this, we have a very similar scene to The Passion, in which Mary Magdalene returns to the apostles to break the news, and they are very doubtful, and there is also a sense that they're skeptical that Jesus would have appeared to a woman if he had appeared at all. Unique to Mary Magdalene, the film, is how confident Mary Magdalene is in what the resurrection means and its implications, which begs the question of whether Jesus had articulated that to her directly or whether she presumed that. So I'll let you hear a little bit of what she has to say. He's not gone. Even death cannot hold him. This whole time we've been looking for a change in the world, but it's not what we thought. The kingdom is here now. I must admit that Mary's all-knowingness about the kingdom and the implications of the resurrection are a bit suspect to me because it seems like she's doing theology that would be far too advanced for anyone to do immediately after Jesus resurrected. And I think that she's pulling on some anachronistic tropes in making her arguments. So I do have a bone to pick with that scene, but I think it is almost compensated for by the following scene, which depicts Mary going back to the tomb to see Jesus, who is sitting outside of the tomb, and they barely engage in any dialogue, but 
the actress that plays Mary and the actor who plays Jesus have this amazing on-screen dynamic. This is seen throughout the film and I think it is definitely helped by the fact that they are married in real life, but it's a really nice note to end the film on. And Jesus does remind Mary in one of the few pieces of dialogue here that Mary had previously asked him what the kingdom was like. And they just sort of smile and exchange this emotion that the kingdom is here and its greatness is implied and emphasized without words, which I find really beautiful. These are just three examples of how different films have approached the resurrection question. There is no perfect way to depict the resurrection, and as you've seen across these three films, each of them have their benefits and flaws. If I had to choose my favorite resurrection scene from the three films which we've highlighted in this podcast, I think it would definitely be the Passion of the Christ, just because it's so short and memorable, and this is the scene that has left the most lasting impression on me. However, I still really appreciate the very different approaches of The Passion as well as the 2018 film Mary Magdalene. The Passion fully delves into the resurrection. We get a lot of on-screen content, a lot of time, and they are not hesitant to explore the resurrected Jesus right down to what he may have looked like to the disciples and to Mary Magdalene. In Mary Magdalene, we have a very different understanding of the resurrection and depiction of it, where many of the intricacies of the resurrection, which make filming a resurrection scene challenging, are skipped by sort of an artistic choice to depict Jesus and Mary from a distance and not covering their intimate conversations. Similar to The Passion of the Christ, this leaves a lot up to the audience which I think on the right audience can leave the right kind of impression, but it is definitely a risky move. However, as we've studied throughout the semester, almost every decision that a director and producer and writer make in creating a Jesus film is a risky move. People's religious sensibilities, historical sensibilities are always going to be wrestled and questioned. So there is no perfect way to make a Jesus film, but here are three ways that three different films reconciled with the issue of the resurrection and I think pulled it off in really intriguing ways.